Hi, this is John. And this is Chris. We're just two guys in their 40s trying to live life to the fullest. And what better way to help us along our path but to share our goals and ideas with a buddy. The accountability call is our way of helping each other stay on the track and keep us moving on down the road of life. We hope you like it. And thanks for listening. Mark. You say it's your birthday. Uh, oh, sorry. It's my birthday too, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall, good one. All right, uh, accountability call 69, maybe. Mm. 69. Mm. 69. All right. Uh, coming at you in three, two, one. <laughs> three, two, one. For always and forever, you will be my Saturday love. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday love. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday love. Even though it's Friday, I'm singing Saturday love to you, John. <laughs> keep going. I mean, I don't know that song at all, so keep going. You don't know that song for real? I don't know that. I, I at first I thought it was wow. the cure, you know, the what he sings the days of the week, which I cannot stand that song. And my kids know I hate it. Friday, so they play, Friday I'm in yeah, love. Yeah, they play that all the time. <laughs> Nicole's a cure, you know, fanatic. And I'm like, when the cure put that song out, they were done. That's the last song they did that was anything and it was not good. And they're all like, Oh, we love this. <laughs> so they put it on in the car and they're all singing. I'm like, Oh gosh. But uh, what's your song? Is that Chicago? Who is that? No, it's Sherelle. It's a it's a nineteen eighties R and B song. It was either that or uh, Ashford and Simpson's "Solid, Solid as a Rock." You know that one, right? Uh, Please don't let me down, John. Yeah, uh, I think I missed that era. I missed. I was that was. You missed. I was doing Devo at that you time. All... Dun, 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 dun. Maybe. Well, you didn't grow up in California. Maybe it was um, local. a product of your, your yeah. Localized. Well, it wasn't local. It was, but California, we're definitely more exposed to the uh, uh, the hip hop R and B scene, and it was definitely a big part of my my childhood, and has become a part of my adulthood. So I'm gonna have to put together like a, an old school mixtape or an old school mix CD. What what do people do now? Like a mix. MP3. I think you make a playlist <laughs> on Spotify and you text it to me. But is that yeah. okay? Uh, <laughs> you know, is that what uh, people who are courting the opposite sex or the same sex or whatever, but someone that they want to be with, they put together a Spotify list. You bring them home. You put on headphones on their head, headphones on your head, and you you know put some candles on. Oh wait, that was about last night, circa the same time that song came out. I think. <laughs> Quite possibly, quite possibly. I'd, I'd be uh, interested well, I'm to sorry know. that you don't know Sherelle. Yeah, I'd be, Man, I mean, I, I, that uh, name sounds familiar, but I'd be interested to know if our loyal listeners know that one too. So maybe we'll throw that out there. Does anybody know that outside of Chris Carlock? Because maybe his uh, family just, you know, was the only one that bought that album. I don't know. I I would be shocked. I would be shocked if there was another listener that has never heard that song. That's how confident i am that that is a uh, a very popular song from the 80s hmm. but uh i could be wrong it is not on my all 80s uh seven cd set i bought from time life i know that <laughs> okay who who sold that who was the uh, spokesperson oh to, uh, I, to sell that i think it was debbie boone i think yeah uh you light <laughs> up my life 
you know. Uh, Goddard of Pat Boone, you know. He's still around. You still yes. see him pitching some stuff on these, uh, you know, sort of uh, senior uh, things like, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. That kind of stuff. Med alert. Yeah. Med alert. <laughs> Ah, uh, good times. Hey, it's uh, it's Friday. I'm in love. You're in love. We're waiting for Saturday love, and uh, and I'm also I'm I'm waiting for the mailman or the UPS dude, whoever is going to drop off a garbage disposal. It's the final piece to the remodel of our kitchen. Oh, we got our countertops a couple days ago, and we haven't had a sink for or any water in the kitchen for the last uh, eight weeks and total first world problem but i'm having a hard time with this delayed gratification i just want to be able to um, drink filtered water and wash the dishes in the sink rather than wash the dishes in the bathtub i've got a gigantic pile that i refuse to wash because i'm waiting to do them in the sink. <laughs> fruit fly fruit flies everywhere it's a mess in here i'm just waiting with bated breath for the mailman to get here so if you hear me scream while we're recording this podcast it's because the mailman came and i'm gonna go meet him <laughs> oh my yeah hey you know that is it's it's inconvenience you know and we're so used to having running water right there at our fingertips and everything we need uh i, I don't know how you've even used dishes i would have bought paper plates because i'm that guy but um yeah i mean it's tough i know you you watch those shows right the home and garden network has and uh property brothers yeah. and uh oh joanna and kip and who's the guy they kearns or whatever the family Flip and flop or whatever. I know who you're talking yeah, about. They yeah, they do all those. Nicole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Nicole loves watching those, and we always see the ideas before and after. They make it look so cool, and they do it in 30 minutes. I mean, you know, how come your thing's taking longer yeah. than 30 minutes? I don't know. but I don't know. I want to hire the people to do that because 30 minutes sounds pretty good to me. That is so funny. I know a guy who works for uh, Lenovo, and he's uh, really high up in Lenovo's uh, VP of diversity. Um, and he runs sort of their, you know, that, that kind of area where they want to include and advance women in their leadership and all that. And he was on one of those shows and he said, oh, it's just it's so staged. We already had bought the house. You know, you, you can't do it unless you already own the house. So you already own it. Then you go in and and then you, you know, then they make it look like you're they're going to spruce it up and decide if that's the house you want. And he's like, it was cool, but it was just like they're telling you what to say. And you Stand over here now. Say that again. We're going to reshoot that. Say that same thing you said. And he's like, I don't even know what I said. I'm all freaking out. You know, and they keep wanting me to repeat twice what I said. So later in the show, he said, finally, I realized they're going to ask me to do that again. I better remember what I said, you know. And I thought, yeah, that's kind of how it is. And I worked in a couple of reality shows. It's... It's pretty staged, but it does cut together somewhat realistically. So people think, wow, that's really cool. And it's, you know, we all know that's just, it's just easier than it is. It looks easier or, you know, it's all sort of set up to make it look smooth. Just like, you know, your kitchen remodel only took you eight weeks. Well, you just said we all know, and I don't know. Now everybody knows. <laughs> you might as well. You might as well have said uh, there's no Santa Claus or Tooth Fairy or something like that. Oh. Because I think you just crushed a lot of people who thought that that was all real. 
Um, yeah, man, you just uh, you just looked behind the uh, the curtain and saw the wizard. Wait. Thanks a lot, man. Survivor was all real, everybody. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it definitely. You know, we're real the the guy that that did ours stud got it done um, really quickly, and that's the thing with any sort of remodel or building something is um, the what takes time is all the little stuff. You know, like he tore down a wall, put in a new beam, and put in the cabinets with within a couple of weeks. It's like, man, you are awesome. And then it's waiting for the countertops. It's putting all the finishing touches on everything. It's putting in the new floor. So it tests your patience. It sort of um, it takes me back to being a kid where you have to wait for something, you know. And we're not used to waiting in this day and age. We have everything you know, handed to us <laughs> the, uh, push of a button. And, uh, so it kind of, uh, kind of requires some patience that we don't necessarily need to use all the time when we have to, uh, to go through something. I mean, eight weeks in the grand scheme of thing is, is nothing, but, uh, it's definitely, I'm definitely like at that point where like, I just want to cross this finish line. I just want to connect this garbage disposal so I can actually do some dishes. How crazy it's that. I'm like fired up to be able to do some dishes and use a sink, but that that's the point I'm at eight weeks later. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to finishing and being able to breathe again. Brother, I don't blame you. It's, uh, it is a, it's kind of an inconvenience, but you know, there are worse problems. And I think you and your loved ones will get through this. I'm just here to comfort you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I really appreciate your, your caring and, uh, we're going to get there. Any, we're going to get there. anything you would do different. If you were telling me I was, you know, I was going to remodel my kitchen. Is there anything you could tell me that would say, Hey, we wish we would have done this or be ready for this. What, what would you throw out there? Um, I would say, you know, we did a pretty good job of planning, um, you know, making, making food is challenging when you don't have a stove, um, and a stove top. So we were using our toaster oven for a lot of things and, uh, we didn't really want to eat out a lot. And so that requires a lot of planning and, um, I definitely haven't been eating as well as, I normally would, you know, not, not as many veggies. Um, so plan ahead for that. We even thought about signing up for one of those meal services, you know, the ones that they make the meal and bring it to you like blue apron or whatever those are. Sure. Um, we thought about that, but then we're like, nah, we can do this on our own. Come on. Cold cuts. Um, Everyone's having cold cuts. Cold cuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I guess advice would just be, um, Lower your expectations mm -hmm. in the sense of, um, you know, if someone tells you, and this goes with all remodel, if someone tells you, hey, two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, get it in your brain that it's going to be twice as long and then you will be, you know, pleasantly surprised and happy when it's not twice as long. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's all about, like, mind games and... Um, Head you know, games. figuring out a way to, to be patient. <laughs> exactly. Just a little patience. Under, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Axel. Uh, under promise yourself and over deliver perhaps. I don't know. It's, uh, that does sound frustrating. I probably would have bought a hot plate 
and just plugged it in the wall and then put a pan on there and then I could maybe cook a few things and then I'd have a hot plate I could take to the cabin or something. I have no idea, but uh, yeah. Hot plating. <laughs> yeah, I used to have a hot plate. Remember that? Uh, yeah. Remember that little tiny studio yeah. that I had? Yes, I, had I a do. Hot plate in there. You know I do. <laughs> you know I love that. It was spacious, uh, <laughs> accommodating, room for four. Room for four. had it had a den Kids. area. You, you used to live in a little tiny apartment um, when you first moved out to San Diego, right? Whatever happened to that place? Yeah, yeah. We bought that as a getaway. A little, uh, it was a two-bedroom, one-bath uh, apartment complex turned into condos. So they changed these apartments into condos and sold them off. And we bought it, oh, it's about 10 or 11 years ago. And the funny thing was, is I used that address to apply for a job out in San Diego, because at the time we were living in Phoenix. And, and ironically, you know, I was telling that story this week about how uh, I moved out to San Diego 10 years ago this week. It was actually January. Yeah, it was like January 19th. I drove out from Phoenix and left the family and went and lived in that tiny little apartment. And... Um, Started my first uh, day on the job the same day a guy named Barack started his first day on the job 10 years ago. So it was Barack Obama's yeah, inauguration, my first day at Jazzercise, and I ran their video department. And uh, it was kind of funny because there was TVs all around, and they were all watching the inauguration. And they're like, yeah, this isn't normal, by the way. This is just a weird day. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I actually didn't even meet my the people that we're going to be working with till like I don't know three in the afternoon. I, they kind of kept me away from the area, and they showed me everything else. It took me to lunch, and it was just a weird thing. But backing up a step, I had, I had been laid off maybe four months before that, or three months or something. And uh, Nicole had been talking about maybe we need a change. You know, she was kind of at a crossroads with what she was doing. She's like, well, maybe we should move. I don't know. And she threw it out to the universe, and she's done that before. And next thing you know, I see this job on a website for you know high-paying jobs called Craigslist. Right, that's for, that's pre-indeed.com, pre-LinkedIn. You know, those were just launching. Uh, found this website, Craigslist, this job on there, and applied for it. Used my address in San Diego at the little apartment. And ended up interviewing. I think you remember part of that because I think you were in town when I got a call for the interview. It was like you guys were in town for New Year's just to celebrate at our little place here. And, and it was just really yep. surreal because all of a sudden, this thing that she threw out there about moving and maybe trying something different started to manifest itself. And I talked about it in my class this week. I just said, hey, listen... Uh, energy flows where intention goes. Five words. Energy flows where intention goes. If you want to make a change, if you want something to happen in your life, you, you need to throw it out there. Throw it out to the universe. Start thinking about it. Start telling your friends, your loved ones, get on Craigslist if that's what it takes. Start looking and turning over some opportunities. And, uh, and it sort of just happened. And now we've been in San Diego and this house for about 10 years. And... It's pretty crazy how it happens, but I think that's how you make changes is you get it out there. And, and now get this. She's starting to talk about it again. She's kind of at a crossroads, not sure about her career, and she's throwing something out to the universe. So I'm thinking i got to go get some uh, some moving boxes soon. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Or, 
or at least hop on Craigslist and see what's out there. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I uh, I totally agree with you. There's a great song by Samantha James. It goes, send it out to the universe. And the words are really profound, and I'm a firm believer in that as well, in that if you you know, put a little, uh, shine a little light on something and throw it out there, then um, it grows. It's like planting a seed, right? And by talking about it and throwing it out there, you're fertilizing that seed. Sometimes they grow into trees and, and sometimes they don't. But, you know, my wife has her own story of throwing it out. Like the, the guy that she had been dating for several years, um, just she knew that it wasn't going to be what either of them wanted long term. And, and so she kind of created this list and, um, you know, wrote down all these things that she, all these things that she was looking for. And that was kind of her way of putting it out to the universe is just writing it all down and putting some thought into it. And, um, a couple weeks later, some handsome devil, um, popped into her life and 10 years later, here we are married. So she threw it out to the universe. Um, I, I could not agree with that more. And I love what you said about the intention is that, Hey, you just have to, uh, have to be willing to kind of share these things because you never know who you might talk to that might say, Oh, that's funny that you mentioned that because just yesterday I was talking to so-and-so who happened to say, I mean, how many times that happened in your life? Not necessarily with a huge monumental move or something, but even something small, but if we don't share it, if we don't put it out there, then we'll never know, right? I totally agree. I start sharing more and more because I'm actually fascinated by how we can connect with somebody by just dropping something about us or two things that we say or just like, you know, hey, I, used to, I grew up in Denver uh, by Golden, Colorado, where Coors Beers brew. Oh, my sister used to work at Coors. Oh, my gosh. And we started talking. And I'm like, and I just met this person. And it's just so funny how you relate. But if I don't say where I grew up, if I just keep it real, hey, I'm John, you know, whatever. It's weird, but it's mm -hmm. it's share a little bit about yourself and you'll connect more, you know, because it gives us things to talk about. It gives us things uh, that are similar, um, something just to sort of hang your hat on. And yeah, it's worked out well in business, too. I've, I've started sharing more with people just about experiences or people I've worked with or companies I've worked with. And then it's like, next thing you know, they're like, Oh, I used to work there. Do you know, Dan, you know, Shear? I'm like, Dan Shear. Yeah, of course. He was the marketing guy. Yeah. He's over with us now. I'm like, Oh, how about that? You know? So who knew you just, you know, so it is interesting when you start sharing some of your experiences and we've been on the earth long enough where we've got quite a few experiences and, I don't know. I guess it's just the way you connect. So I've really enjoyed, uh, as you know, getting out in the yoga community because there's a lot of professionals that gravitate towards yoga before or after work. And they're all in the business area and they all have different things like someone singing in a couple of weeks in a band that's going to benefit the PTA at their area. And they're like, hey, come on down if you like. 80s, 90s and 2000s music. That's what we sing. Some prints and this and that. And I said, that sounds great. We're looking for something to do. It's seven bucks and it goes to the kids that sign me up. So we're headed down to do that just yeah. because we started talking about singing songs. I think I was singing some Jackson Brown. She's like, Oh, I love Jackson Brown. So next thing you know, she's doing this whole thing and we're going to go check it out. And that's how you 
get to do cool things and meet new people, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, thinking back to to you and making the move, I mean, you had just come off working for the Diamondbacks for all these years, and and you got let go, and I know that caught you off guard. And um, it was fascinating to me to kind of watch from afar from from you kind of being in this world of baseball to taking your whole family and shifting to California. Um, not like it's that far from Phoenix, but still, it's a whole different state, whole different uh, mindset in a lot of ways. And the one thing I do remember is you kind of um, going doing the interview, I think while we were all down there hanging out together, and then also um, kind of honoring yourself throughout the negotiation process. Like I remember um, them wanting to pay you less than what you were willing to accept. And I just remember you staying true to, you know, what you felt your value was and what you felt your worth was. And I really admired um, watching that. And it's definitely stuck with me like, hey, you got to speak up for yourself and you have to, um, you know, stay true to who you are and believe in yourself. And I think anybody that knows you realizes that that is not an issue <laughs> in you believing in yourself. But in that, in that instance in particular, um, it was very impressive to kind of watch from afar. And, um, and the, the result is 10 years later, you guys are, you know, carved out a nice little life for you in San Diego and got to experience kind of just a different, a different chapter, if you will, that uh, that I know you guys look at fondly. Yeah, you know, I'll credit some of that to just doing a lot of reading about, you know, uh, leadership and self worth, and I did some of that early on, and I had some negotiations with the Diamondbacks too, at, where they came back and offered me five hundred more dollars in a new title, and I said, five hundred more dollars, you know, to run your production department, you know. And they thought that was great. And I'm like, uh, I need more than that. You know, I was just like, that's like a lateral move basically with a little better title. I don't know. It just seemed like we could, you know, you're throwing money, millions of money out, uh, all, all out the door and I get it. You don't want to keep throwing money everywhere, but $500 is nothing. And I remember coming back to my boss at the time and then negotiating for more. And then they came back with more. And then I remember going, it's still not enough. And they're like, who are you? And they were not too pleased, but I was just like, come on guys, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to leave the Suns for, for not, not that much more money. I liked what I was doing at the Suns. You, you need somebody that's going to come in and take over. I'm that guy, but you got to pay me, you know? And then they came back and gave me, it was like a 30% raise. And, and, you know, I was like, okay, cool. I think they gave me some legs for my next negotiation, but I was just like, I just felt like if you don't stand up for what you can do, and I told him, I'm not a five o'clock guy. I'm not going to go home at five o'clock, Charlie. You're going to get more than you, you know, than you're going to pay for here. I'm going to be there. And mm. I just, I told them at this negotiation that you remember, and, and I appreciate it because I really think that's helped me pass that along to some other people about, hey, you're worth more than you think, and they need you, and that's why they're talking to you, and you get that money up front because it's a lot harder to get those raises afterwards. So you get the money up front and then you, and then you over deliver, you just show them that they made a good choice and they'll be happy. So, um, you know, many of those, our listeners don't know, but I actually had you fly out to Phoenix and help me pack up my truck and, and move the, move the uh, house out here. You know, I think you were a, sort of a yeah. slow period there, but we had a nice little trick over in our 
Penske, you know, 26 footer and moved the whole five bedroom house to, to San Marcos. So I, did I ever uh, give you a thanks for that? Cause if I didn't, I'm, <laughs> I'm remiss cause it was certainly cool to have you help me. And I had a great time just doing that. And, and someday I'll return the favor if, if I can still lift things. <laughs> I, I had totally forgot about that. But now that you mention it, I remember having it all packed in there and Nicole coming out and looking at it and kind of being skeptical as to how we had it all packed <laughs> and being like, you sure that's going to uh, stay like that? You sure that's not going to fall over and break this? And yeah. you're kind of like, come on, it's fine. We just spent all day putting it all in here. Come on, give us a break. It's going to be totally fine. Yeah. And I think everything made it, it fine. It, right? Yeah, We had a few, a few uh, damaged <laughs> items, but part of it was I said, listen, why don't we move ourselves? and then we'll be able to buy new furniture at the new place. But if I hire movers, it's gonna cost, you know, eight grand or something. And I'd rather just buy new furniture for the eight grand. And we did it in all for like $1,500, you and I in a truck and the fuel is killer. But you know, to me, it was just one of those things. It was kind of like, I'm gonna handle it. We'll save some money. There are a few casualties. We had some collateral damage. Okay, honey. She also did buy two new couches right before we moved. She's like, well, they don't have those out there. I want to <laughs> buy them. So she bought two new couches that I actually put in the truck with plastic still on them. We didn't even, you know, I was like, what? Why are we buying new furniture just I to move it? You know, I remember that. I remember. I remember you uh, saying something exactly to that effect. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we doing this? It was like the, the typical, the typical husband. Like this is so stupid. Why would you think this way? You know. <laughs> yes, but you know, it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that goes on uh, with a family moving, you know, it's just, uh, there's so many things and there's emotions. We'd been in Phoenix 18 years, you know, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, a bit of a challenging time, but also a new adventure. And that same couch and love seat made it all the way. We drove it out to, or we shipped it out to Boston and then, uh, we ended up selling it out there. It didn't make the trip back. So it's, uh, it's on the East coast now that love seat and couch. Okay. Being loved by somebody else. Yeah, some MIT yes. students. They bought it from us. So good times, good times. But you know, it's it's it's, it's just nice. I just do think manifesting sort of your own destiny starts with you wanting to make that change and using your resources, using your loved ones, using your network of people that care about you uh, to help you do so. And so I'm I'm anybody calls me and needs some help or advice or whatever. I love it because I know they're trying to make a change that's going to benefit them. And I want to see that. So, you know, it's good. It's, it's a good thing to, to reach out to people and, and, um, energy flows where intention goes. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'll share with you that, uh, that I've kind of put some energy out as well as I've been thinking for the last few months about, um, you know, possibly, possibly going back and teaching at a physical school, you know, right now I teach at home. And so, you know, I've put it out there just to, uh, to kind of think about it more in depth and it's crazy how fast things kind of, uh, materialize and manifest. Um, you know, it's, I feel like I'm getting full court press from, uh, from the people at our, uh, our local middle school wanting me to come over there and lots of really interesting, um, fun conversations about, you know, that possible option. 
And I even, I had a dream a couple nights ago, um, in which I don't even know who it was that said it, but it was, somebody said to me, it is through change that we grow. (laughs) I was just like, wow, that's totally fit kind of what I've been thinking. And then, um, I ended up in this dream going over and volunteering at this school and, making this really strong connection with a student over the Foo Fighters, who happened to be my favorite band. And it was just just really weird <laughs> dream that it was as if someone was telling me this statement in my dream, but it was very fitting for real life as well. So that that has gone into my, my pot as I stir it around and uh, add seasoning to it and see see kind of what happens but um but that's kind of my you know real time experience with just putting it out to the universe you know starting with having these conversations with my wife like hey what what do you think you know what are these next few years going to look like 5 10 years what, what do you think i what would you think about me going back into the classroom or is that is that a crazy idea because of the flexibility i have and so just kicking around all of these things and once you put it out there it's amazing how things start to open up and, and opportunities start to present themselves, which is a great thing on a thousand levels, but it also like takes things to the next level in that ultimately I'll have to make a decision. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's potentially, you know, life changing, life altering decision in a lot of ways based on kind of how we've lived for the last seven years or so. So, Fascinating stuff, this universe, my friend. It is. No, it's great. And, you know, you got to be looking ahead, you know. Uh, where? What's your clarity? You know, find your clarity. What, yep. what is it that you want to be clear about? What are the things you want to have happen? And what, what would you want to see happen in the future? A lot of times we're just so... We talk about being present and being right here in the here and now, but we also do need to look ahead and just think, is this what I'm doing now aligning with where I want to be in one, two, five years, you know? And, um, yeah, do you want to still be at home when your kids are in middle school and they're not really needing you to pick them up and there's not really needing you to bring them home, you know, because they're doing some of that on their own, which is a nice responsibility for them. Yes, it's fun to be home when they do arrive, but, you know, maybe you're maybe at that time you guys are challenged by uh, a greater calling in your careers. So who knows? It might not be. It might, it might, it might manifest into your all of a sudden opened up your own charter school, you guys, or something. I don't know. You know, what do you, what do you want to do with your life and how can you make a change and, uh, and, and get there? That's the whole idea behind just thinking out loud with somebody chatting about where we should move next. We went on our little anniversary trip this year and drove up the coast and looked at Danville and Walnut Creek and different areas. And I'm like, is this where we want to end up? This is a nice area. You know, we would be neighbors. We'd be right down the road. Yeah. So yeah, you never know. And I thought, isn't that interesting? You just kind of need to explore and we're still going, Hey, where is it that we want to see ourselves in 10 years? You know, and, and of course, a lot of factors. As soon as you lay down a lot of plans, things change and, and you end up thinking, well, where are the kids going to be? Well, we don't know. Well, we want to be by them. Well, then we're just going to have to wait, you know. <laughs> so you never you never really can yeah. make, make concrete plans. But I think just talking about it is healthy and exploring options. And, and then, the, you know, the situation we're in with her mother and her sister Living with us now is something we didn't 
really plan on. So we have to roll with that and make the best of that. And we are. And, you know, things will change in the next several years on that front as well. And, and we'll just have to evolve into the next plan. So, you know, deal with what's in the present, but always looking ahead and and just trying to see what what may be a possibility, I guess. Is that is that fair to say? Possibility. Yeah, totally. Um, I love, you know, we talked in one of our previous podcasts about how every year you do sort of an annual, where am I financially? And also where am I in my life accounts as well? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just as important for us to do at least an annual, like, Hey, where are we going? You know, what, what is an ideal five years down the road look like? What does an ideal 10 years down the road look like? And you can never visualize it perfectly, but it definitely requires putting some thought into it and sort of having some sort of path or road to go down because the world's kind of set up now to um, prevent us from doing that. Like you mentioned that that juggle of staying in the present moment, but also thinking about the future. And what happens to a lot of us is we're in the present moment, but we're not really thinking about anything in the present moment. We're just kind of going along, you know, what's on TV, what there's just, there's distractions everywhere. I call it existing. And we're just kind of existing in, in our current state. Yeah. And there's no intention behind it, right? There's no intention. Yeah. And in order to create intention, you have to look forward and say, all right, where would we like to go? Where would we like to be? And even though you can't uh, map it out perfectly, because like you said, and like you guys are experiencing, things always happen, um, it, you got to do it. Like you got to do it on a regular basis. And um, I think we can all be better at that. But every time it happens, just a conversation with your with your wife or with your you know your best friends or whatever, um, it brings clarity. It puts it out to the universe. Uh, it's good for everybody involved. I totally agree. And so, if anybody wants to call us up and talk about what they want to do, we're here for you. <laughs> we can give you all the pros and cons. Tell you how to live your life. Uh, I can I can tell you how to live your life way better than I can run my life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what you say anymore. This is, this my, is my life. life. Yes. Yes, indeed. Go ahead um, with your own life. Leave me alone. Uh, Billy Joel. And the open to which 1980s sitcom? Oh, I want to say Bosom Buddies. You are correct, sir. Yeah. Ding, 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 Hello. ding. Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari. I don't, yes. I don't know Sherelle in that song, but I know Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Sidubu. Bosom Buddies. They're tossing up the fruit and catching it in the, uh, the bag. Catch it behind his back as well. Absolutely. Tom Hanks, before he was Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks yes. was brilliant on that show. Uh, Peter didn't quite go as far as Tom did. I don't know why, but um, it's it's amazing to see what these guys have started. And probably at that time, Tom Hanks was manifesting his, you know, Forrest Gump and all that stuff. He was, he was thinking about how can I be Hollywood's, one of Hollywood's leading men and make $20 million a picture. Quite possible. <laughs> Quite possible. It's amazing, though. It's pretty cool to see his career. He's a heck of an actor and can play any part. And it's fun to watch these guys sort of evolve. I was talking about Fast Times at Ridgemont High and how uh, Sean Penn, 
who I think is a fantastic actor. Um, he uh, was uh, Spicoli, and he was having a pizza with Mr. Hand, learning about Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I think two of his was... two of his cronies in the class. Uh, one was Anthony Edwards, and the other, you know, mm-hmm. mate of his was Nicolas Cage. I think those two. Mm-hmm. I think those are the two guys that he hung around with, and those guys became pretty. No, not it was. Am uh, I, am I, am I, yeah, Nicolas Cage. He was, and then uh, the redhead guy, uh, Eric Stoltz, was it? Uh, Stoltz, Eric Stoltz. Okay, yep. Eric Stoltz, who, who ended up playing uh, Rocky in Mask among yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was in that as well. I might be yeah. throwing off. I think it was it John Cusack and Nicolas Cage in uh, uh, Sixteen Candles. Was he the buddies with Anthony Michael Hall? John Cusack was, okay. but not Nicolas Cage. Okay, yeah. So, so who was in? Who? Just to clarify, Fast Times Ridgemont High. Who is Sean Penn's buddies? <laughs> Pretty sure it was Eric Stoltz and. I'd be surprised if it was... Was it Anthony uh, Edwards or was it Nicholas Cage? It was one of those two. You know, they. I wish they made a website that could tell you, but I don't know if they do. I wish there was some thing, something called the internet in which we could look this stuff Somebody up. should invent um, that. Some sort of thing you could look things up on, but I don't know. Anyway, I was trying to tell that to my son, you know, about how you see these lesser-known stars appear in these small bit parts, and then all of a sudden they become you know, bigger stars and they all start somewhere. It's kind of like I always talk about small companies. Home Depot started with one store and then took off, you know, Starbucks had a few locations and then took off Uh, subway, a few locations. So what's the next thing I can buy that has a few stores now. And uh, and then it's going to have a thousand stores coming up so I can make some money. Let me know viewers and listeners out there. Yeah, totally. Well, they set their intentions. It's all about <laughs> intention. That's right. And uh, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the lesson of today's podcast. Is uh, what what was the statement that you said in totality? Those five words. Energy flows where intention goes. Set your intention, I like and it. energy will start to flow that way. Yes. Take a deep breath in. I like it. Sigh it out. <sighs> Let's flow. Nice. Good talk. Good talk, my friend. Thanks for uh, bringing that uh, 80s music to the top. I'm going to be looking that up, see if I can uh, jog my brain. I will uh, post that song on the show notes on daddingvalue.com, and 99% of our listeners will say, yes, of course I remember that song. (laughs) It was a big hit. John, where were you? Uh, I was sick that that day. (laughs) Good talk, my friend, as always. All right. Likewise, have an awesome weekend, and I'll talk to you next week. Take care.